Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Today's show and all of our shows are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, like Mike, Jan, Lola, Jason, Dave, Andrew, Patricia, Ethan, Maddie, Sarah, and Ben. Support the show for as little as a dollar a month by going to our website, justonemorepodcast.com, and clicking Become a Patron at the top of the page. Today we are talking about a topic that I know is near and dear to so many of our hearts, uh, (laughs) and that is caffeine. Daphne, please don't take away our coffee. (laughs) Oh, I promise you I am not going to take away our coffee. Coffee is probably one of the most important things to me in life. (laughs) And uh, I would say coffee is one of my, my great loves in life. Well, we're going to talk all about it. And caffeine is not just in coffee, so we're going to talk about caffeine in general. Um, And the reason I wanted to talk about it is um, it ends up on people's lists of things they're cutting out um, or things that they um, don't uh, do. Um, And I wanted to talk about that because anytime people are cutting a thing out of their diet, I want to know, what is that about? Uh, Should we all be doing it or should we not worry about it? And what are what actually is it, and what are its effects, and like what are we actually talking about here? Is is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like caffeine either gets like a bad rep, or or then it's you know talked about as something that is a performance enhancer and it's good. And uh, I'm here to just give you guys some science bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's caffeinate some science bombs. So yeah. What is caffeine? Caffeine is a, uh, a naturally occurring substance that is found in tea leaves and cocoa beans, and it is also found in um, raw cacao beans, and it actually is a substance in the, the sense that it is a kind of like white crystalline substance, and it actually does have a taste, and the taste is actually kind of bitter, which is why when people do drink decaf sodas, they actually do think that the decaf Coke tastes a little bit different than than the regular caffeinated Coke. Uh, it's really the world's most popular drug, and it's also a natural substance. However, caffeine is, <laughs> it's kind of like classified as like a drug or a stimulant. However, it is not like a threat to society. So <laughs> like by most culture, cultural standards, it's not like, it, it's not something that is considered like detrimental to humanity. Um, although there are some healthier amounts to consume and it's, <laughs> it's considered psychoactive in the sense that it does affect your brain. Um, however, it is not considered a hard drug in the sense that it is not deemed by society as a threat to society. <laughs> Good. So it's legal. That's for sure. So it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking Definitely about a, a compound, a naturally occurring compound that is a stimulant. 
Um, and let's just list some food and drinks that contain it. So obviously coffee. Yes. So chocolate mm-hmm. absolutely contains um, caffeine. And in addition to the, like the normal, the normal things, we have coffee, we have tea, we have soft drinks, um, energy drinks, and then also some medications contain caffeine as well. Right, like a lot of headache medications, especially yeah, migraine medications yeah. have caffeine, right? Yeah, definitely. In addition to caffeine being found in the beans of cacao and coffee and tea leaves, there are, or do you want to say there are certain parts of Africa um, and South America and East Asia where caffeine is actually found in like the seeds and nuts of certain trees as well. And so to kind of get the caffeine out of them, a lot of times people will like chew on the leaves um, or they'll steep these plants in water and it's a process called infusion and that's essentially like having tea well so what does it do to the body so caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant so in the world of uh, in the world of science it's called a cns stimulant central nervous system so it is considered a psychoactive drug um in the sense that it does affect your brain and nervous system, and it is considered the world's most widely consumed psychoactive drug. Um, It is legal and unregulated, and in terms of the dangers of it, there are not too many dangers of it. Um, And like I said, it's not regulated, and everyone has a, a, a threshold in which they feel comfortable having it. So in terms of, like, how, like, the way it makes you feel, like the biggest thing that we associate it with is feeling more awake, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So caffeine is, uh, like, like I said, it is a stimulant, and it is a, it is a, a stimulant that wakes up your central nervous system, and the nervous system is um, your entire body's like communication with your brain. Um, yeah. So. so. When when we're taking it in and it makes us feel more awake, it's because it's like stimulating our central nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is that? I feel like caffeine is both um, talked about in a way of like, it's a thing that's good for you and a thing that's bad for you. So what I take mm-hmm. that to mean is that stimulating your central nervous system can be good for you and bad for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that the best way to kind of describe this is, well, um, you can definitely have too much of a good thing. Like, is this going to like kill you? Most likely not. Caffeine has been around for such a long time and it has been consumed by the general population for such a long time. And people have been drinking it and ingesting it safely throughout all of history. And there have been extensive studies done on its safety. So that's why it is considered safe. The FDA has classified caffeine as generally recognized as safe or G-R-A-S. I love and that there's to, an acronym for that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it has to meet all these requirements and, and, um, and caffeine has absolutely met those requirements. But just because something's safe doesn't mean it necessarily makes you feel good. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, when they talk about caffeine being harmful, the things they talk about are um, feeling jittery, feeling anxious, um, or feeling addicted to it where if they don't have it, they feel really bad. Or mm-hmm. if 
if they consume it and then um, go without it for a little while, they feel like they crash. So mm-hmm. none of those things are life-threatening, but I think they, um, those are some of the things people talk about when they talk about caffeine being harmful. Is that right? So when caffeine, when people feel like they are addicted to coffee, it's actually not a full-blown addiction. It's, uh, it's not classified as something addictive, say like nicotine or cocaine. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a habit. Coffee, it's more of, not cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. That could be their new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think, hey, just one more podcast, coffee, not cocaine. <laughs> but we are a judgment-free zone. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so according to the World Health Organization, a psychoactive drug is a type of sub- substance that alters the brain function. And it alters brain function that results in kind of temporary changes of behavior, mood, perception. So other psychoactive drugs are heroin, alcohol, nicotine, marijuana, and, uh, and caffeine is, yes, classified as a psychoactive drug because the coffee buzz you get is actually a type of drug high. So that's why we enjoy it. That's why we enjoy how it feels. However, from an addiction standpoint, it is not by any means even anywhere near as addictive as cocaine, alcohol, or nicotine. So... Caffeine is essentially tricking your brain into thinking it's not tired. So what it actually does to your brain is the caffeine binds with your brain's receptors. And it's almost like what caffeine does is there's something in your brain called adenosine. And this blocks the adenosine from binding with certain receptors that make you tired. So it's like caffeine's kind of like hijacking the spot that this adenosine was supposed to go, which means this this um, receptor has to find somewhere else to go. And when you when this is happening, this kind of surplus of adenosine, it causes your brain to produce a little bit of adrenaline, which is another stimulant. So by essentially re- removing the adenosine and then adding adrenaline, it kind of contributes to this energized kind of like unstoppable feeling you get after consuming caffeine and the brains of heavy caffeine users actually grow additional adenosine receptors. So that's why it takes more caffeine to give someone who like really loves coffee and who drinks it all the time. It takes more to give them that same jolt as uh, it takes more because they have actually grown these receptors. I love that it's so. like caffeine is like, you can't sit here. You got to find somewhere yeah. else to go. <laughs> exactly. Totally. And well, also it's, it does hit it. And it does kind of give you a little bit of a mood boost because like I said, caffeine blocks these receptors. So there was a study found that dopamine works better when these receptors are blocked. So it's not so much that the caffeine is just like directly hitting your dopamine centers, but dopamine is a natural stimulant produced by your brain. And it's thought of as like the pleasure chemical or the reward center. 
And the, so the reason why you may think you're actually getting a little happier after getting a daily fix of caffeine is because of the receptors. So when adenosine receptors are blocked and caffeine blocks these adenosine receptors, your dopamine just works better. And when your dopamine is functioning better, you feel happier. So what you're saying is that caffeine is a miracle drug and we should all feel free to ingest it as much as we want, right? <laughs> right? Yep, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of times people talk about headaches and migraines. Um, and in terms of how headaches are happening, headaches generally happen because of the enlarging of blood vessels in the brain. And what caffeine does is it reduces cerebral blood flow by kind of an average of 27%. And then it can, and so some, that's why caffeine medications have up to, um, that's why they have, or that's, that's why headache medications contain caffeine. So it's to kind of open up, uh, restrictive blood vessels. So in, in staying with why caffeine is helpful or good benefits it can have for the body, it's in a lot of like sports drinks or like, um, like fueling chews for like runners and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it doing in those contexts? Yeah. So in those contexts, that's, that's kind of a, a, a genius like marketing plan. So caffeine from a performance perspective, in my opinion, it absolutely does enhance performance. And when I say performance, I am talking about um, kind of like athletic performance. So, of course, caffeine can make you feel like you are either more awake or your brain is being stimulated or you might feel more um, energized from a mental standpoint. Uh, and Or some people feel a little bit jittery. And if you are feeling a little bit too jittery, what I recommend is either A, reducing the amount of caffeine you're having, or B, just making sure you have it with some fat. Like that'll literally cut the jitteriness so that it just doesn't hit your bloodstream so, so fast. When you are doing some type of athletic performance, when you are doing some type of athletic um movement. So say you are about to work out or say you have some type of athletic event coming up, the caffeine helps your performance. And I have noticed for me personally that I run better and I have, um, that I have more effective workouts if I do have caffeine prior to it. And whether or not it is psychosomatic. I mean, there's a lot of research to show that it is, it is definitely not psychosomatic and that it actually does help. And the way I describe it is I take a look at my heart rate and it actually does kind of elevate heart rate. And, um, so there have been times where I have gone on a run after having had coffee or I've worked out before having coffee. And I have found that I have been able to kind of like push my heart rate up a little bit higher um, when I've had caffeine in my system or like when I've had coffee versus when I have not. It's hard to sort of separate, um, what part of that is like an independent, uh, effect of the caffeine and what part of it is like sticking to your normal routine. Because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you normally drink coffee in the morning and then one day you don't and you work out, like it would not surprise anyone if that workout wasn't as effective. Um, so like, it seems to me like there, it's a possibility that, um, caffeine might enhance performance, but most 
Lee, it seems like um, sticking to your routine is probably good for performance. So, like, mm-hmm. if you normally drink coffee in the morning, you should have coffee in the morning on race day. Uh, or if, like, if you don't normally drink it, like, maybe you don't try it for the first time the day of a right, race. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then we can talk about caffeine working as a diuretic in a second. But, yeah, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you know, and, and this includes improving endurance, uh, increasing energy levels, delaying fatigue. I mean, it, it is really beneficial in the sense that it can it can temporarily boost energy. However, uh, caffeine can help it can help an athlete achieve peak performance, but it's not like a steroid where it's going to have you do anything that's like beyond your current physical. It's not going to turn me into Usain Bolt is what you're saying. I mean, Joanna, the sky is the limit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's not like it gives you superhuman athletic abilities. It really just helps peak mental alertness and it absolutely does help enhance athletic performance. So let's go back to that diuretic thing, because that is something that a lot of people talk about when they drink coffee is how it affects, uh, go into the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of what caffeine is also classified as a diuretic too. So what that means is caffeine is something that does help your body, your body's excretory system. And the excretory system is your body's elimination system. So excreting. Uh, So thinking about like going to the bathroom. And in addition to coffee being a diuretic, uh, it actually, it it actually does, in my opinion, kind of help in a sense. Although some people, some people might disagree because I think if someone has too much caffeine and they say they have a negative (laughs) experience where they maybe do have to go to the bathroom and it is very instantaneous. And yeah, it could have absolutely been from the caffeine. However, that being said, if that person were to reduce their coffee levels or if they were to reduce their caffeine levels, they might notice that caffeine helps with going to the bathroom, but it might not be such an urgent situation. I think that's something that people talk about. Um, if they try to decrease their caffeine consumption is that if they make, if they feel constipated when they try to reduce caffeine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it, it is interesting too. The body does kind of get dependent on certain things. It's kind of like what we were saying with like waking up in the morning and going, um, having your coffee and then going for your workout. If that's just what your body is used to and say so your body is not used to having caffeine and you decide to, uh, I don't know, you decide to like have a really big coffee before a really big day you have coming up and you don't normally drink coffee. Say normally you are a, I don't know. I even find the difference between me drinking like a latte versus like a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee for me is stronger than espresso. And, um, and then that person might notice that, yeah, they might have to go to the bathroom like really aggressively. So (laughs) when it comes to running too, you know, I, I always talk about the runner's trots. I always, always, always recommend that my runners who are used to having some caffeine first thing in the morning before your race, just try to go to the bathroom beforehand. Sounds like good advice. Well, I feel like we've done a lot of caffeine boosting so far on this episode, which for people who are really into their coffee, I'm sure is very exciting. Um, 
but um, there've got to be downsides, right? Or or people who um, should watch their caffeine or situations in which you want to watch caffeine. And one of them, what we've talked about a lot on this show, is sleep. That caffeine has like a long half-life, right? And it could be affecting your sleep patterns in ways you don't even necessarily realize. Yeah, for six hours after you have caffeine. That's kind of the average. Um, so a lot of times people, I hear a lot of people saying that caffeine, they can drink coffee, like even after bed or they, or sorry, not, not after bed, they can drink coffee, like right before they go to sleep and they can drink coffee up until they go to sleep. They can drink coffee after dinner and they actually feel like they are able to still fall asleep just fine. And the thing is, and everyone's brain reacts differently to caffeine and some people thrive on high levels of caffeine. Uh, some people perform poorly if they have too much caffeine. Uh, the thing with caffeine and sleep is that, once again, caffeine affects your central nervous system. So regardless of whether or not you are able to fall asleep right after having caffeine or if you are able to... Um, kind of like relax after having caffeine, or if you're able to drink soda, diet Coke, have chocolate, or drink coffee right up until you go to bed. The fact of the matter is, even if you do think that you are having just a completely easy time falling asleep, your quality of sleep is actually different. And the way I kind of, what I like to compare this to is if you were to drink alcohol right before you go to sleep, um, oftentimes people do think that the alcohol helps them fall asleep and it actually helps to relax them so that they fall asleep. But the fact of the matter is uh, having uh, like a psychoactive substance affecting your brain before you go to sleep is going to affect your quality of sleep. So that being said, I do recommend that people switch over to decaf. And then when people do feel like they need like a pick me up, so say someone gets off work and say they have like they have a long night ahead. Like they still are going to go out to dinner and then maybe go out with some friends. I actually recommend not having caffeine that late. Um, or if you are to have caffeine, go for something that is a little bit lower on the spectrum in terms of the milligrams as to like how many, how much caffeine. And in a second, I'll talk about like what is highest in caffeine and like what is lowest in caffeine. Um, but going for something that might have less caffeine in it and something that will not potentially compromise your quality of sleep later on. Do you have um, a personal cutoff time for caffeine? I do. So my personal cutoff time is actually like 11 a.m. Oh, really? That's pretty early. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty early. However, that being said, how, that being said, I will still have, like if I have chocolate or if I have um but, and, and this is also because I've kind of gotten to know my body and what works with my body. Uh, chocolate is fine. Like something, if I, however, if I have dark chocolate after dinner, interestingly enough, if I have too much of it, I do have a hard time turning my brain off going to sleep. And that's, and that's 1000% the caffeine's effect on my brain. Now I'm also a very mindful person. So someone else could very well have some dark chocolate and not feel like what I feel, uh, you know, before going to sleep and they might just chalk it up to, 
I don't know, nothing. Like they might not even feel like they are a right. little bit more Just energized. had a weird night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I do recommend though is for people who are getting like a full blown caffeinated coffee at like, we're talking like five, 6 PM, like say you think you need the energy to like keep you up throughout the entire night or the energy to keep you up. Um, just be aware that caffeine, first of all, it's just tricking your brain into thinking that you are more energized and it's like, it's not actually making you truly energized, you know, to be truly, truly energized. You just need proper, proper sleep and proper self-care. I think Um, that's a really important thing to note is that caffeine doesn't actually give you more energy. It helps you ignore that you don't have energy. And so it's not like a great long-term solution to not sleeping or not fueling your body appropriately. Um, because like there are things that rest and fuel give your body that you need. Um, and if you, um, are depending on stimulants to not need those things, eventually it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, totally. And then I have some personal opinions on that as well. But so say for like this person who is used to getting a cup of coffee or like a latte at like 4 PM, 5 PM, 6 PM, even like 7 PM at night. Um, there are some things that have a little bit less caffeine. So, um, or just going half calf, like with whatever it is they are drinking. So just to kind of reduce the levels of caffeine and I'm just going to kind of like guarantee this person's quality of sleep, whether they know it or not, or whether they are aware of it or not is going to be better. Um, And then in terms of just overall energy, there are so many things we think give us energy. Like we think, okay, um, food gives us energy. Caffeine gives us, gives us energy. Um, these energy drinks give us energy. Um, but really like what gives us truly true, true, true energy is of course just general self-care, but, but it's sleep. Like it's, it's 1000% making sure you get proper sleep. And that knowing that, well, when we ingest food, it actually takes energy to digest the food. Um, but we feel energetic in the sense that we feel, um, like there's a different feeling of like waking up really refreshed in the morning versus like having a meal and then feeling like full and satisfied afterwards. The first one I would say is like real energy. Food gives us energy in the sense that yes, it's giving us actual fuel, to go about life. However, it does require energy to digest the food, which then converts into energy. So it's almost like eaten a big meal knows that they don't feel super energized right afterwards. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in terms of getting true energy, I always like to get to the root cause as to like where the lack of energy and where the fatigue is coming from to begin with. And sometimes the fatigue is coming from lack of sleep, stress, hormonal issues and no amount of stimulants and no amount of caffeine and no amount of pills or energy drinks are going to, um, help that. Uh, it'll, it's, it's a temporary, temporary fix in which the brain gets a temporary, um, feels the temporary effect of a psychoactive drug, um, anything from that list of psychoactive drugs, you know, like alcohol, caffeine, So it's not actually giving you more energy. 
it is making you feel a little bit more alert and it is making you feel, and I know I actually used the term energized earlier. I should probably not use that word because from a scientific standpoint, it is, it is not just giving you more energy. Um, it is just waking up or it is activating a part of your brain, which then I think actually leads to why the athletic performance, <laughs> you know, kind of circling back to that, which is why your athletic performance elevates a little bit. But, Do you know, or can you talk at all about um, caffeine use during pregnancy? Because I know that's a big thing that um, a lot of women feel like they are supposed to give up caffeinated coffee when they get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's generally safe according to the um, according to the FDA. The it, it's there are a lot of credible health organizations out there that do say that caffeine is generally safe for pregnant and nursing women, but they do suggest that they limit their consumption to no more than like 200 milligrams a day, or that's like maybe two small cups of home brewed coffee. Um, so there are all these studies that found that like moderate amounts of caffeine don't cause um, don't cause things like miscarriage, preterm delivery, birth defects, low birth weight. And however, that being said, pregnant and nursing women, you should totally still discuss this with your physician and health professional to kind of ensure proper, proper nutrition for yourself and, and your child. Um, and that being said, I also do feel like I know a lot of pregnant women who have sworn off caffeine completely. And then I do know some who still have a cup of coffee a day and all of their babies are fine right now. (laughs) So (laughs) anecdotal evidence says, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. in in terms of pregnancy, like me personally, uh, like when I get pregnant, I, I will probably actually still continue having caffeine in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the thing that's completely personal and there are health, there are studies that show it's totally fine, but then there's a reason why they say that it shouldn't be <laughs> like, there's a reason why we shouldn't have too much of it because once again, too much of a, too much of anything is never a good thing. Well, to, to do a little bit of a, a wrap up here or a takeaway, it seems like what you're saying is that, uh, well, first of all, that caffeine is a naturally occurring stimulant that stimulates our central nervous system. Um, and that can be good in that it can help us feel like we're more awake and it um, may have some positive uh, benefits for athletic performance. Uh, but it can also make people feel bad if they have too much um, or they're not used to it and it can make them feel jittery and anxious and all those uh, terrible feelings. Um, so, uh, you don't automatically have to cut down on caffeine if you don't mm-hmm. want to. Um, so yeah, another thing too, it's, it's always like really interesting to me when people are like proud that they cut it out. Like, right. I, yeah, because that, I, I, it's weird. I like hear that a lot and people are, they'll say like, Oh, I'm off coffee or I'm giving up coffee. Um, what a great new or, way to restrict yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you really feel like you're having maybe like compulsive caffeine consumption, 
Um, and like, say it's a habit and you don't necessarily like how you're feeling after it. Like there's actually, there's actually like really no reason why, like I was actually with my hairdresser the other day who's on like a health kick and he was like, and I haven't had caffeine for two weeks. And I, and I almost like looked at him and I was like, why? Like, (laughs) like why? Like it doesn't, like it doesn't affect fat loss. There's actually no real, there's no real, um, uh, there's no real research to support that caffeine is an appetite suppressant. So this is just like a quick little tangent. Um, so when people do feel like they are no longer hungry because they have had caffeine, it's generally because you've just given yourself something like chances are, if you had a cup of water, it would have kind of done the same thing. Like you, you gave yourself something, your brain, registered that you ingested something. Another thing too, if I'm drinking like a large latte that is just like a huge like oat milk or right now I'm really into like oat milk lattes or macadamia milk lattes, um, I will have just consumed like two whole cups of milk. So of course I'm not going to be hungry after I have that. So it's not necessarily the caffeine that suppresses appetite, but caffeine also doesn't it's really kind of neutral when it comes to like overall health. People do say that it it is too much of a stimulus for your body's adrenal glands if you have too much of it. So unless you are having too much caffeine and a doctor has told you, you need to cut down on caffeine because your adrenal glands, which it's your body's hormonal system, because your adrenal glands are like way too overactive and they are releasing and like pumping too much cortisol. Um, there's no, like no real reason why to like cut it out. So on a personal level, um, and then Joanna, you and I can like talk about like our, our relationship with caffeine and like what we, you know, think, I, I mean, I think caffeine is fantastic. I am so swept up in coffee culture. It's like ridiculous to the point where I was literally just at coffee con a month ago. And yes, coffee con is exactly what it sounds like. It's like workshops and vendors and sponsors and a whole day devoted to coffee, you know, and like a big place and, you know, it's cool. You buy tickets, you get your badge, so many goodies. Um, I, I love coffee. I love everything about it. I love how it makes me feel. Um, I personally will have about one or two cups a day in terms of like a cup of coffee and then a latte or like an iced coffee and then like a regular coffee. I feel totally fine with it. I feel really good about it. And, um, I give myself a cutoff time at about 11 when it gets into dangerous territory. So my issue right now with, um, caffeine and energy drinks is, Uh, well, I just said it is energy drinks. So the reason is, um, and I'm just like going to go on the record and state it. It's just like big corporations and they're trying to make money somehow. So they create beverages that are full of sugar and, um, yeah, some caffeine and they have things like taurine and like guarania. And these are other kind of stimulants that are legal and also found in the same plants that contain caffeine or the same like natural things that contain caffeine. And they pump them so full of like artificial colors and so full of sugar. And they lead you into thinking that these things are going to completely boost your energy. But because of the high sugar content, those 
substances, and I'll just go ahead and call them substances, actually do become addictive. Like it is, and then one might say, well, what's the difference between having like a latte and, um, one might say like, what's the difference between having say like a monster energy drink or a Red Bull, like a sugar-free Red Bull or a regular Red Bull versus a latte. And one might say like, oh, well, look, this energy drink is only 10 calories or like, oh, this energy drink is only X many calories. And so that's when I still challenge people when it comes to waking up the brain, getting the feeling that you get when you ingest caffeine. And I'm talking about like the pleasant feeling. Once again, if you do feel jittery, just eat some food, eat some fat. That's going to take care of it pretty much instantaneously or consume a little bit less. Um, so this is a big thing that I feel like is a very, like just one more part of our brand, like, and my whole mission, read the ingredients. So when it comes to feeling potentially a little bit more alert and a little bit less drowsy, and and now, you know, you, you're essentially just tricking your brain into feeling more alert and less drowsy, read the ingredients of what it is you are consuming and try to go as natural as possible. That being said, when I have a terrible night's sleep or say I don't get to bed until 1 a.m. and I'm up at 5 for work, no amount of caffeine is going to make me feel the way I would feel if I got a solid night's sleep. So let that still be your focus because caffeine is not going to fix that at all. In fact, it is when I have caffeine, when I've really slept just a little bit, that I actually don't feel that great. Caffeine has a better effect on me when I've had a good night's sleep. And it actually, I feel like just kind of enhances my, the start of my day. So that's kind of like my personal relationship with caffeine. What about you, Joanna? I don't actually drink coffee. (laughs) No, I know you're a tea girl. Um, I'm a tea person, but I do drink green tea basically every morning. Sometimes I'll drink black tea also. Um, but I, I think probably because I don't and never have drank coffee, um, I react pretty strongly to caffeine. So I've been trying to be better about not having it after the mid afternoon. Um, because even at the levels that are in tea, sometimes I freak out (laughs) and, uh, I'm really, um, conscious of like feeling anxious or jittery because I have anxious uh, tendencies anyway. Um, so for me sticking with, um, beverages that are lower in caffeine to begin with, and then trying to cut them off by the mid afternoon has been a good solution for me. Uh, but I don't begrudge anyone their coffee habit. I think it smells delicious. I've made a ton of it in my life. Uh, from working in restaurants. I just don't happen to like drinking it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to, to wrap up here, it seems like we're saying you don't have to give up caffeine. If you're not sleeping well or if you're feeling bad, you can s- consider cutting down, giving yourself an earlier cutoff time, or switching to beverages that have lower levels of caffeine. But only do that because you think it will make you feel better, not because it makes you a saint to give up caffeine. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) I love that. Oh, that and um, final thing, decaf coffee still has about 12 milligrams of caffeine. So just be aware. Yes, be aware. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us about Caffeine Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, 
or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, for help subscribing, and to become a patron, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.